are starting a new series, uh, new year, new series, and uh, I'm excited to dive into it. It is called Under Construction. So just like the lights up here on the stage, we're gonna be talking about being under construction. And uh, before I dive into what um, the first kind of week we're gonna be looking at, uh, have you, uh, one of the things that I've noticed in my life that is constantly under construction is uh, the roads around here. I feel like every time I try to go home, no matter what direction I pick, that way, that road on that time is being worked on. And uh, road work is one of those things that I recognize, that I recognize that they need to do, and I'm sure that there's like a, a greater purpose to it, and it's making it safer and easier for all of our cars to drive on the road or whatever, but I can't stand it. It is the worst. And so the other day, I was driving home, and I was like, I'm going to go this way. Surely they're not working at, at this time of the day. Uh, it's too early. I'm, I'm going to go home this way. And I got stopped. And as I was stopped, waiting for the like, little person with the, you know, the sign, who has got to be the worst job ever, just to stand there and spin the stop. You've done it? Wow. It's, it's not good? OK, it doesn't look fun ever. So now, confirmed, not fun. Uh, if you ever have questions, Austin can answer them for you. Uh, and I was stopped, and I was waiting for our side's turn to go. And I looked over, and I saw this sign at the Frothy Moon. It says, Bridge Work Stinks, but Coffee Helps. And I thought, wow, that really brightened my time in line. I appreciated their, their sign there. And this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but that was all a story to get to that sign, because I thought it was funny, and I wanted to share it with you. But uh, what we are going to be talking about in this series... What we're going to talk about in this series is um, while we, much like that bridge that they're working on, where every time I drive across, I can't figure out what it is that they're trying to fix, that it seems like maybe, it seems like every night when they're done, I can drive across and it's totally fine. But every day when I go by them and they have it blocked off, they have the top ripped off and they're like working on something underneath. So much like that bridge where they're working on something that you can't really see unless you dig down deep, we are also in need of some work on the inside. And in this series, we're going to be looking at some of the top things that the Bible says that we as humans usually are in need of construction on, a need of to work on, and, as, um, and how to get a start on that construction process. So as we seek to become more like Christ, seek to align ourselves with his design, we are in constant need of a tune-up. We are in constant need of some construction on ourselves. And uh, just to kind of set the tone for what we're going to be looking at tonight, uh, the first thing we're looking at is our mind, some construction on our mind. And uh, to, to set that tone, uh, we're going to look to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians, and he said, bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, And I thought this was an interesting way for Paul to talk about having some control over your mind, over your thoughts, to kind of bring that into perspective. He kind of uses some intense terminology, right? Letting you know, letting us know as we read this, that it is not easy. That the world, almost everything that we encounter is attempting to move our mind, our thoughts away from God. But Paul says we have to bring our mind into captivity, every thought in our mind into captivity to the obedience of 
Christ into captivity is, is such, it's such an intense way to think about it that I, that I don't want to just get, as we talk about stuff tonight, kind of lost in the, like, uh, in some of the nuance or lost in some of the, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, we need to watch what we think. Yeah, yeah, Like, Paul, 2,000 years ago, is, is saying that this is an intense thing. This is a serious thing. This is a problem. A lot of these boys back here are not even listening. Probably a problem that they have as well as I know I do. And I know all of us can struggle with at times. And so as we dive in, I just want us to, to kind of have this perspective of, of that it, it's not going to be easy, right? It's not something that we're going to talk about tonight and we're going to flip a switch and then we're all good. We now have worked on our minds, our thoughts. We're all in line with God's design for the world. Boom, easy as pie. It's not going to be like that. And so I thought that this, the way that Paul writes this here was a great way to kind of get our, our, our perspective uh, adjusted as we dive in. And tonight we're going to be looking at this idea that renewed minds lead to transformed lives. That's kind of the main point of what we're going to be, hope, we're going to be driving towards tonight. We're going to see that the Bible tells us that to, we, as we renew our minds, it leads to transformed lives. As we work on ourselves, on our minds, on our thoughts... We, our lives are transformed in Christ. So not only do we need to bring our thoughts captive, but into obedience. And uh, Paul, you know, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. So there's a lot of his writings, a lot of the same themes throughout the different letters. And so as we look at this idea of being renewed, right, we go to Romans chapter 12, another letter that Paul wrote. And we see at the beginning of chapter 12, he writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so this idea of our renewing our minds leads to transformed lives. I did not make that up. I pulled it right here from Paul. And I think as, as we dive into this like two verses of Romans, uh, I think there's a lot that we can learn here about what it looks like to renew our minds, to be under, con the con our minds be under construction, be constantly worked on. So the first thing uh, that I wanted to point out is in that first line, Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore. And the big thing about Paul, especially in his letter to Romans, is uh, whenever you see a therefore, there's a good reason that it's therefore, right? So this is the fourth time he starts a section or an idea of thought with the words therefore. And each one means something, kind of sets the tone for what is to follow. And this one is the therefore of dedication. Everything that follows in chapter 12, 13, 14 is all about dedicating your life to Christ. And so as we dive into what it looks like to renew our minds, we learn that it requires dedication. And so what is true dedication look like then? Paul lays it out right here in just these two verses. So the first thing it looks like is that we give God our body. Right? That's the first thing he says in verse 1. And I think when we talk about this, it kind of sounds funny, it kind of sounds weird... Um, giving your body up to God. And I think that a lot of us, maybe we're not even there at this point yet or haven't come into encounters with this, but oftentimes uh, 
our actions, uh, uh, the things that we do to or with our bodies, right? And you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about drinking. I'm talking about drugs. I'm talking about sex. I'm talking about porn addictions. All of these things that we do with our bodies, that we do to this gift that we have, that we could be giving up to God, what we use our bodies for. Paul says that we are to present them to God. And what that means, this word present, is not just like, here's a gift. It means to present it, to give it once and for all. He uses the term uh, living sacrifice. In the Bible, the best example of a living sacrifice is Jesus himself, right? So every day, giving up your body to God looks like uh, looks like worshiping God, right? It, when we give our body up to God, it's no longer the things that, that do not align with his will for our lives. It's no longer these actions, these things that, that ultimately, even if we think that they're okay, that they feel great, whatever in the moment that later on leave us in this pit, that leave us feeling awful, that leave us feeling hopeless, that leave us feeling like we are missing something, Right? We get to this point where we need to give up our bodies to God. And every action after that, everything that we do when we do this becomes a worshipful action. It's actions of giving up our body, you're going to the Lord. And the thing about, Paul starts with the body, we were talking about mind, right? Our minds control our body. So he starts at the bottom of the list, right? He says, all right, we got to give up our bodies to God, and then moving on, next thing he gets to is the mind. The second thing we need to do is give up our minds to God. That's what dedication looks like, giving these things up to God. The world wants to control your mind, but God wants to transform it, right? And so as we think about outside things, right, like uh, people, uh, culture, TV, movies, uh, music, all of these things that have an influence over uh, over our thoughts, over our minds, what, the way we think, how we think, what we think. They're all outside coming in. So when an outside thing is pressuring you, you it, it's, it's conforming when it changes you. But God transforms when something changes you from the inside, giving up your thoughts, giving up your mind to God. And how do we do this is by spending time in his word. I know that it seems like every time you come to church, you hear pray, you hear read the Bible. But the reason that people keep saying it is because that it keeps being true. And it's, like I said, this is not like a do one thing, check it off the list, and now you're good to go. This is, a, this is the long haul. This is an everyday thing. This is an every little step is helpful. Every little thing that we do moves us forward in this in this construction idea of working on our minds. Spending just a little time every day in the word, in prayer, building our relationship up with him. It's not just a thing to check off a to-do list. It's a, something to Im- in, just be embedded in our routine, in our lives. So dedication looks like giving up our body, our mind. And finally, the last thing he says at the second half of verse 2 is that we got to give God our wills, right? If the mind controls the body, the will controls the mind. You've heard willpower, right? Like, I've got willpower. I can say no to that piece of cake or whatever it is. Um, 
And oftentimes we think that we have willpower. I can say no to this. I've said, I haven't said yes yet. But ultimately when we rely on ourselves, on our own willpower, we will fail. Even if you haven't yet, you will eventually. We have to rely on God. That's why surrendering our will to God's will looks like praying the prayer, not my will, God, but thy will be done. It goes hand in hand with mind and body. The will connects the two of those things. At the end of verse 2, if you can go back to verse, yeah. At the end of verse 2, he says that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. And so we see that there's a testing involved. How do you know what is the will of God? How do you know that what you're what you think you've done by giving up your body, your mind, and your will is the right thing. And and Paul, uh, he's writing all these letters and he's got a lot to say about this. And he kind of lays out uh, some descriptions of of what it looks like for your mind to be aligned with God in in his letter to the Philippians. So if we'll jump over to Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. And he's, and he's kind of been talking about this same idea in, this, in the end of this chapter of Philippians. And he says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So he has a long list of, of descriptors, right, of the things that, that should, if we're kicking all these things that are bad for us out of our mind, what should be in there? What should we be thinking about? What should we be focusing on? What should be consuming our mind? The first thing he lists, I think, is interesting that the very first thing in this list is he says, whatever is true. And I think a lot of the time, at least for me, uh, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of you, a lot of your your mental capacity, a lot of your time in thought uh, is spent, at least maybe this isn't true for you, for me it is, uh, worrying about stuff. Who worries about stuff a lot? You guys worry, anybody's ever worried about things? And uh, I was, as I was reading this, I was like, it's interesting that, that um, Paul puts truth as the first thing. Uh, because I think a lot of the times what we end up worrying about uh, is, is not we don't worry about things that are true necessarily. And there's this study that was done that says about only about 8% of the things that people spend most of their time worrying about were legitimate matters of concern. Meaning that 92% of worry was about things that were imagined, the things that never happened or were impossible to control. Worrying about things that literally you could do nothing about could never happen or would likely never happen. And I think as we, when we focus a lot of the time on, on, a, on a worrying about the future, worrying about this situation, worrying about what's happening, what we're really doing is, is we're not focusing on what God's truth is. In uh, the Gospel of John, uh, in two different places, John kind of lays out this idea that what comes, uh, lies come from Satan, truth comes from God and the Spirit. And in chapter 8, he writes, You are of your father, the devil, talking about lies, and your will is to do the father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, 
because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And then later in in his gospel, John writes in chapter 17, for I have given them the words that you gave me. And this is in the middle of Jesus praying, talking to the Holy Spirit. And they have received them and have come to know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. And so as we think about things, if we're, as we're worrying about things, as we think, I think if we turn to God's word, right, it just it comes back to being in prayer, being in God's word, understanding what God's word says so that we know what truth is, what is worth worrying about, what worries are just lies put out there to corrupt our minds. He goes on to talk about things that are honest and just, things that are worthy of respect, things that are right. And that doesn't mean if they're bad or if they're wrong that we need to bury our heads and ignore them and never, think, never look at people who, who do bad things or talk about bad things, never watch movies that say bad words. Like whatever the line that you're coming up with in your head right now is, that's not what that's saying. But what it is is that we should be able to acknowledge them, to call them out, to realize that this is not something worthy of our time, worthy of the space of our thought in our minds. He says things that are pure, lovely, and commendable. And again, these are by God's definition, getting back to immersing ourselves in his word, understanding what his word says, what he defines as these things, what his truth really is. And he ends it with things that have excellence and worthy of praise, not wasting our mind power of thought on things that tear ourselves down or things that tear others down as well, but things that are worthy of praise, of sharing with others, of sharing with God. And I think, again, Paul really hitting this home that this is not something that's going to be immediate. This is something that we're working on for our entire lives. He says, whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice. We got to practice. It's not a switch. It's not overnight. It's long. It's lifelong process. It's hard to separate our actions from our attitude, right? In, in, in this verse 9, he says, whatever you have learned and received, heard and seen, kind of pairing those two things together. We learn things, right, from an external place, but they're received inwardly from God. We hear them and we've seen them. We must translate this learning into living as we seek to renew our minds because we know that renewed minds leads to transformed lives. We need to dedicate ourselves to God. We need to practice immersing ourselves in prayer and in God's word as in everything that we do in every part of our lives. This is not something that I'm standing up here telling you and in like, like I am not good at this either. Like this is not like I have perfected this, let me tell you of my ways. This is something that I am also working on or your leaders are working on. Everyone is, is, that is trying to follow Jesus is working on and the only thing we can do is, is, is do it together. I think trying to, trying to follow Jesus alone is, is ultimately setting ourselves up for failure. And so I'm, I'm excited uh, to, to do this series, to learn about the ways that, that we can continue to be working on ourselves as we work on our relationship with Christ. But everything that we talk about every, in each of these weeks is not something that it's like, I, I'm not looking out and being like, you need to do this alone. This is why we break into small groups. This is why we're in this room together. Uh, one of the things I'm really excited about, uh, about SM, about this year, is just this community. I think that sometimes it's, we can focus on the fun, 
We can focus on the, the goofing around in the back corner. Um, but I think that, I think that this, could be a, this could be a real, a real opportunity uh, to, to dive into uh, some of the things that we don't often think about and, and really see what Jesus has to say about them. So we're going to break into small groups, uh, continue talking about this idea that renewed minds lead to transformed lives. Uh, I'll, let me pray for us, and then we'll go. Lord Jesus, uh, thank you for this opportunity to dive into your words, to, 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 to see what the truth that the Bible has to say about what it looks like to work, be under construction in our minds, to renew our minds, to lead towards transformed lives, lives that are only transformed through our relationship with you. God, be with each and every small group tonight as we break to, the, to keep this discussion going. We love you, we praise you, we thank you. And all God's people said, amen. <laughs>